episode. As always, we're going to be talking Mets. We're going to be talking Yankees. We're going to give you a little bonus segment about the October contenders or the real big pretenders. And ladies and gentlemen, you absolutely know that the train man, Uncle Train, has been rearing and ready to go for days, getting ready for this podcast. Uncle Train, I know you got a lot to say for this episode, but can you give us a few words of wisdom before we get going? Well, Michael, I'm bursting at the seams here. I've been ready to record this mumbo-jumbo for quite a while now. I got Metropolitans on quite the roll. My foot has been hovering on the gas pedal for quite some time. Pop a puppy in neutral, I'm revving. I am revving hard, and I am ready to put that puppy in drive and skirt right down the New Jersey Turnpike. Gonna go drive down to Belmar. Say hi to my buddies, Tyler Kirk, Matt Olden. Shout out to big Mets fans. And ladies and gentlemen, we're ready to have ourselves quite the episode. I got a lot to say. I know you probably got a lot to say, but you know your season's been pretty consistent. Mine, it's a roller coaster, and baby, we are just about to tip top to the peak. We're overlooking all of Playland Park. We are on the Dragon Coaster. We haven't even gone through the tunnel yet. There's a little dipsy do, but it's very small. People start screaming. They think it's the big drop. This is not the big drop. Ladies and gents, it's about to get crazy. But I think without further ado, we need to hit you with a little bit of Tommy Rowe, Sweet Pea. How we doing? Come on now, boy. you know we have got to talk about the Mets. Let me be the first to say that I thought the train man was a delusional looney tune for the past couple months. I still do. But the surging Mets are making things interesting in the NL wildcard race. And without further ado, we're going to let the man have the stage, Uncle Train, Talk to us. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it has been an absolutely wild season. I'm going to say it. They called me crazy. Michael called me crazy. My parents called me crazy. I actually never happened. But people called me crazy when I said all it takes is a 10-game win streak. I know it's outlandish, but that's baseball, Susan. Anything could happen. A 10-game win streak puts a team in a completely different position Everybody knows it, but nobody believes it. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a reason that our slogan is, you gotta believe. Because this is a team that, and again, I've said it a million times on this podcast, our pitching has not been pitching to our full potential, and when we do, it is a dangerous bunch. The Metropolitan's pitching staff since the All-Star break is leading the National League in the lowest ERA across all teams. Ladies and gentlemen, you absolutely have to love it. The addition of Marcus Stroman, one of the most insane trades of all time, because at the time I was like, okay, doesn't really make sense. Maybe we're filling a void to get rid of Wheeler, 
get rid of Syndergaard, you know, God forbid, maybe we're even going to push, push Mats out the door. Who knows what's going to happen? When you get Strowman, you're like, all right, something, something fishy's going on. We then get rid of the sweaty, ugly monster himself, Jason Vargas, tossing him over the fence, the scraps to the rabid dogs, the Philadelphia Phillies, the sacks of Duke. Mitchell Sherman, you absolutely have to suck it. The addition of Stroman and getting rid of Vargas was the single best thing that could happen to this team. That catapulted us into a whirlwind of winning spirit. And it is coming from all levels of the field. It's coming from the pitching. It is coming from the hitting. It's also coming from the defense, which we haven't seen. We know at infield has been a little dookie cake for quite some time now. You got old man Cano, who landed himself on the DL. Politically correct, IL. I think that is a wonderful thing. I believe it's a blessing in disguise. Ladies and gentlemen, the man was mashing for a solid eight games or so since the All-Star break. But you look at his numbers throughout the rest of the season, you look at his defensive numbers, the man has not been producing like we expected him to. And to me, it's that is a hindrance of getting other guys in the lineup. You're able to now shift Jeff McNeil to second base every now and then, get J.D. Davis into the lineup, which, let me just say, he has been quite the asset to the Metropolitans in the second half. Through 20 games since J.D. Davis has gotten in the lineup, he has started 16 of 20 games. Over that stretch, the man has been batting 407 with a 1.14 OPS, 10 ribeyes, and only 13 strikeouts. Ladies and gentlemen, you could make the argument that this is coming across very Duke teams. You're playing the Pirates, playing the Marlins. These are teams that you should say are easily beatable. But ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, when your team goes on a 13-1 and stretch, it doesn't matter who you're playing. You are playing Major League teams, when you take 13 or 14, you are playing at an elite level. I do not want to hear the bullshit. You got an easy schedule. Just wait till you play these hard, tough teams in the NL that you got, you know, a series coming up against. You can absolutely suck it. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to give it up. Now, while you have J.D. Davis getting some time in the outfield, he is obviously starting to produce. This is a guy that when Mickey got him from the Astros, offseason. He was, I think, the Astros' fourth best offensive producer. Prospect-wise. Now, people were saying, oh, I mean, who the hell is this guy, J.D. Davis? You know, he had a couple of shots. He puts up big dookie cakes. Ladies and gentlemen, you get this man consistent playing time, and Lord knows the potential that he can now put forth. Our outfield, prior to getting J.D. Davis regular reps, we've gone through Carlos Gomez, Keon Broxton, Juan Lagares, Aaron Althair, two of which are no longer on the team, been DFA'd and picked up, picked up by other clubs. And now you have J.D. Davis, Conforto, Jeffy Mack, all producing. In that same stretch I was talking about earlier, over those 20 games, Jeffy Mack and Conforto have each hit six dongs, and they have been driving in almost a third of the Metropolitan's runs over those games. Ladies and gentlemen, that is an outfield that I can trust. People are 
bashing Jeffy Mack, saying he's not a true outfielder, he can't play the defense. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the man has been putting on a spectacle out there, making diving catches, jumping into the netting up against the right field. Things are firing on all cylinders for the Metropolitans. You have the pitching staff on the other side of things, who are absolutely lights out. Starters are regularly going now seven innings, eight innings deep into games where we no longer have to rely on our absolute dookie bullpen, which a man by the name of Seth Lugo, who will be running for president in 2000, uh, 2032, I believe, in which case I will vote for him with Pete Alonso as his VP. Seth Lugo is scoreless in, what, his last... 19 innings, is it? Something along those lines? The numbers are unbelievable. Seth Lugo has been absolutely lights out. He is giving Diaz a run for his money at the position of closer. I think Seth Lugo has a very good shot of being this team's legitimate full-time closer. And when Diaz has a 5-plus ERA, the guy is absolutely stinking on ice. There's so much that I can say about this team. Michael, you got to be shaking in your boots from across town in the Bronx because you see the boys knocking on heaven's door, taking 18 of the last 24, and boy howdy, we're having ourselves a field day in the second half. It is going to be a wild run. Only time will tell what happens as we have our next few series against our division rivals in the Braves, the Nats, and the Phils. We have a chance, two separate series against the Braves, six games total. If we can win even just five of those games, don't have to sweep, don't go double sweep, that's very improbable. But you take five of those games, you are launching yourself now into talks of taking the division. We're beyond just the wild card. The wild card at this point is entirely achievable. We're half a game out. Ladies and gents, if you look at this team three weeks ago, four weeks ago, you're 11 games out of the wild card. People are saying you are absolutely sellers or big duty smellers. Shout out to episode seven. The team goes on a stretch like this, like Uncle Train predicted so many times over. And people call them crazy. They call me crazy. I don't know why. I don't know why people call me crazy, Michael. Because I don't sound very crazy now, do I? The team has a chance at the division. Is that outlandish? I don't know. Maybe it is, but you know what else was outlandish? A 10-game win streak. And ladies and gents, we all know how that turned out, now do we? Michael, I would love to hear your two cents in the situation. Uh, you absolutely can have it. Um... Well, first of all, I'm going to pick a little nits here. They didn't go on a 10-game win streak. Did not happen. You hate to see it. I'll, so take, you, I'll, take, I'll take 13 of 14 big, over a 10-game win streak. It's a big L for you. That's absurd. Anyway. Anyway. Oh, no, no, okay. We'll, we'll move on. We'll let anyway. my guys be my guys. Anyway, obviously kidding there. So a lot of things big, big to right. unpack with the New York Metropolitans. Count me as one of the people. Unpack that bag, Michael, because when I go to hotels, I always put my clothes in the drawer. I never leave it in the suitcase. As we've heard on other episodes. Now, a couple things. New York Metropolitans playing very good baseball. I am very surprised. Did not expect it. First thing I want to address is something that you already said, but I want to give a Yankee fan's perspective on this because it's easy for the Mets fans to sit here and say, Oh, look at us. We did this against the uh, the shit teams in the league, and you know we're it's still great because we still did it. You know what? You need a little other perspective on that. 
right? You, you do. Enlighten, enlighten me, Michael. Enlighten me. I will. You're absolutely correct. Gonna give the rational perspective there. Gotta love it. The fact is, yes, it was against all bad teams. It does not matter. You play who you are scheduled to play, and you have to beat those teams. Just because you are playing the worst teams in the league, it doesn't mean that you automatically win 13 of 14 games. You gotta give credit where credit is due, folks. Don't wanna hear any of that bullshit. This is an impressive streak, as much as I hate to see it. You gotta it's love impressive. it. Gotta love it. How impressive is it? Well, in 2019, only three teams have had such a streak. It's the New York Mets, the Houston Astros, and of course, the boys from the Bronx, the Yankees. Three teams, you'll notice I didn't say the Los Angeles Dodgers. Those freaks have won 10 walk-off games, but they have not had a stretch of 13 out of 14 games. Seems very lucky, Michael. I don't think they're gonna win that, uh, I don't think they're gonna win the NLC. Yes. And, For the third time in a row. And does it happen? It does feel a little lucky. Suck it, Dodgers. Anyone. Gotta suck it. Impressive streak. I do not agree with you on the division. I think that I think that Mets right now standing eight and a half back. That is not the craziest number to overcome. It's it's a tough number to overcome in, in the last two months. It's but, tough. The, it's but, tough. but the difference is that the teams, if you look at them stacked up in the wild card, none of them are impressive. They're just not. It's not an impressive group of teams. There's a lot of holes in each of those teams. The Braves have consistently played a high level of baseball throughout the season. They're 20 games over 500. They don't feel like the. They're a little bit, not just a little. They're they're a decent chunk. I don't want to call it significant, but they're a decent chunk better than these teams that are stacked up in the wild card. 20 games over 500. They have consistently been leading the NL East. Having said that. I'm going to say something right now that you wouldn't have heard me say two weeks ago. What are you going to say, Michael? Coming from a Yankees fan who hates the Mets. When I take a look at the wild card teams, and that's, I mean, this, uh, this is an unbelievable group of mediocrity. We're talking Nationals. We're talking Phillies. We're talking Brewers. We're talking Cardinals. We're talking Mets. Got to throw the Diamondbacks in there. I'm stopping there because the Giants are complete dookie cakes. That is a talentless roster, and they are not going anywhere. But you take a look at those teams. Take a look. And I see something. I see this. Out of these teams, and it takes a lot for me to say this, out of these teams, the one team that I really think the Dodgers need to be concerned about is the New York Mets. I, 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 it does not mean that I think they're getting into the playoffs. It doesn't. I'm not I'm not sold on that yet but if they were to get in I do think that they pose a bigger threat to the Dodgers than any of these other teams mainly because they'd be matching up with DeGrom with Syndergaard with Stroman and with Wheeler does that mean that I think they beat the Dodgers in a five game series no but it means I'm giving them I'm not I'm not going into the series saying absolutely not the rest of these teams, uh, maybe maybe with the exception of Washington, who I still don't love, I, I'm pretty much writing them off. So here's the, here's the, my, my thing with the whole Mets versus Braves argument, is that 
when the Mets are playing on this level like they currently are, right? I take that team over the current Braves. Right? To, to me, the issue with the Braves is the starting pitching, and I don't think they really did it enough at the deadline to bolster it. Keuchel, I don't think, is, is reliable. 4.83 ERA, he's clearly not reliable. That's not great. Yankees Nation, the wonder why we didn't sign him. Yes, thanks. Julio Tehran, he could be good. But uh, he's not he's great. He's too. You compare the Braves' rotation to the Mets' rotation, and to me it's black and white. The Mets' rotation blows them out of the water. Especially now that we've seen Syndergaard fire on all cylinders. DeGrom is as consistent as he always is. Stroman, big addition. Granted, his first start was not nothing to cry home to mom about. Mats, we've seen him go. We're seeing a complete game following up with a from a in eight innings start. Kid's going deep now. Wheeler, we've seen him come in, into his own. He is now feeling it. Now, the Braves did make some big acquisitions at the deadline in well, bolstering one, their bullpen. One thing, I do think, as much as I will say that you need to beat the teams that you need to beat and the streak is impressive, with some of these pitchers who have struggled for the large majority of the year, I think you do need to see them do it a couple of times against some okay. of these better offenses. Okay. That, that, like Syndergaard okay. and Wheeler, I, yes, they had great starts, but it's got to happen against... Right. The Nationals right. and the Phillies and Agreed. the Braves. You know, like, that's Agreed. who it's got to happen. Right. And only time will tell, and we will see. Now the Braves additions with Shane Gray and Mark Melanchon. Uh, the goes were big. They needed to boost that bullpen a little bit. Green, to me, was a big dish for them. He's a stud. He's been lights out in the bullpen this year. And already gave up a three-run home run for the Braves. And ladies and gentlemen, I still hate to see that. So obviously he's not that lights out. So he can suck a big old-fashioned dude cake. We're putting the dookie in a flavorized pouch. We're freezing it. You can cut off the top, and you can push it up. You can suck in that dookie cake. Ladies and gentlemen, absolutely hate to see it. Mets are going to top the Braves. I take back everything I just said. Braves can absolutely suck a big old fat duke. Bullpen sucks. Starters suck. Whole team stinks. Now they can hit the ball. They can hit the ball very well. They have a very good lineup. I'm very curious to see how our starting pitchers fare against their lineup. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see that. And I, th- I think that's going to be the real deciding factor in terms of whether it's a legitimate thing to consider that we can take the division. How, how many games do they have left against the Braves? So, I mean, just in the, in the span of the next, like, two weeks, I think we have two series against them. Okay. So, basically... So we're probably looking at another series in, in September. If there's three series, and we could check this, but we're not going to. We're not going to. want to. It's bad radio. If there's three series and they play nine games, absolutely, because it's if they happen Boom. to sleep, uh, sweep those nine games, which probably not, but if they did, you know, give them a you, chance. Even if you win all those series. If, but it really comes down to if there's only six games, then, yes, there's a lot of baseball to be played, but you do need a little help. You need them to fall off a little bit, of course. I don't think they're catching the Braves, but it'll be interesting to see what they can do down the stretch against the next month, which is going to be a test. And one last thing before we get off the Mets. I've been saving this one because I do think it's important. Mets. They've come all the way back, folks. They have. Gotta love it. But in their last 48 games, 34 of those games coming against teams with records above 500. The Mets so far this season, 
in games against teams over 500, 28, and 40. So there's a big test coming. The first half was not the best first half. Counts. Baseball, ladies but and gentlemen. Of course it counts, but the team is turning around. You have the energy now. It's a whole different ballgame. That is baseball, Susan. You absolutely have to suck it. Before you even get on to any other tangents, ladies and gentlemen, a word from our sponsors, Suck It Mike. No. And two big old-fashioned dookies. You're absolutely going to have to wait long, sir, and you're going to have to suck it. Take a dookie in my panties. Come on now. And a big old-fashioned duke on the side, please. Take a dookie. Yeah, you gotta have it with a big old sided dude. Take a big dude, take it, take a dude. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Burger King. You could have it your way, or you could take a big duke on the highway. Ladies and gentlemen, I think I know my choice in this certain situation. I'm gonna be taken. Big old steaming pile of Duke on the highway. Michael, what do you think you're gonna be doing? Taking a big old fashioned Duke. Cause there's no other way to have it. You can have it your way. You can take a big Duke. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Burger King. Gotta take Dukes. Everybody's having it your way or Duke on the highway. Take a Dukey. Take a big Duke. Ladies and gentlemen, I have to apologize. Uh, the microphone that we use normally was not plugged in. I apparently had too many whiskeys on the rocks at my team event for work, and I forgot to plug the microphone in. So unfortunately, the audio from that first bit was from the microphone on my computer, which is still okay. Not great, but not terrible. And me, unfortunately, I'm going to have to suck it on that one. But the show must go on. We are moving on to everybody's least favorite segment. We're talking Yanks, crosstown rivals of the Mets. Ladies and gentlemen, nothing has changed with the Bronx Bombers. They are the, still the powerhouse force of the AL East and the sidekicks to the Houston Astros in the American League. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael, I would love for you to delve into your opinion on the Yankees right now, which I can't even imagine what that might be. Well, you know. Have it your way. Take a big duke. Michael, continue. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't need to sit here and tell you, as we're talking Yanks, or Mike talking Yanks, T-A-U-C-H-I-N. The sock man. I don't need to tell you how great they are. We all know it. They are unbelievable. The next man up mentality is just an unbelievable thing to watch. Every night, someone else coming through, whether it's Urshela, whether it's Talkman, whether it's Cameron Maben, whether it's Bravik Valera. Valera. Come on. 
this team just has a bunch of guys who are going to step up. So I'm going to take a little turn. Well, we're, we're going right or left. I'm going to take a little left-hand turn. Banging a Louie. And talk about something that has really been grinding my gears recently. Folks, what could be grinding your gears, Miguel? Well, folks, I'm going to take this time for a little public service announcement. Good old-fashioned PSA. Yankees fans, listen up. We're listening. As we approached... We're also taking big dukes. ...the July 31st deadline. And as we passed it. Notably, the New York Yankees did not make an acquisition. This happened smack in the middle of a historically bad stretch by the starting pitchers. Folks. So you're wondering, how do they not go out and get a starting pitcher... How do they not go out and get a reliever? Enlighten me. Well, ladies and gentlemen, before I get to it, I want to talk about some of the comments that I heard mm. around the deadline. People were saying that Brian Cashman's legacy was in question. That's absurd. If he wasn't going to do anything. It's ridiculous. They were saying that he should be... I even saw some fans say he should be fired. No, no, no. That's just stupid. I... You got some pretty shitty fans, pretty Michael. You got stupid people in the depths of Twitter. I saw things like this all over Twitter, and I couldn't believe my eyes. It is crazy. I am not going to sit here and say that I did not want a starting pitcher and or, preferably, and a reliever. However... Why do you need another reliever? Because if you're not going to get a starter, you play on your strength. You so it should be, enhance a strength. It should be an or. It shouldn't be an and. No, I would have taken both. Of course, you would have taken both. Yeah. Well, the Astros did it. They got Biagini and Sanchez, and then they... Time. Right, okay. So, anyway, let me continue. How can you not compete with throws like that? Folks, you hate to say it. Let me continue. Continue. So, having said that, the Yankees pass the deadline and don't make a move. I had pretty much come to terms with this completely fine with it because a lot of the big teams had not done anything yet and all of the sudden the Astros landed Zach Granke. Ladies and gentlemen, how about that? You absolutely have to love that move. It's a big time, it's very unnecessary but it's a big time, big time move. The prized fish of the of the trade deadline, Zach Granke, goes to Houston and you hate to see that folks. Gotta love it. But still back to the other point I'm trying to make. Brian Cashman doesn't do anything. Well, you can get angry, you can get upset that we didn't get anyone, but how about a little trust for the best GM in baseball? If he didn't do anything and he comes out and says that nothing was even close, you should believe him and you should take a look at two of the deals that were leaked that we don't even know if they were true, but if you take a look at them and you talk about the fact that the Diamondbacks wanted Clint Frazier and three other prospects for Robbie Ray, and the Mets wanted to embarrass the Yankees after trading for Marcus Stroman and flip him after they traded a sack of Duke for him and flip him for Davey Garcia and Esteban Florial, the two top Yankee prospects in a better Yankee system than the Mets have. I mean... 
Think about that, folks. First of all, Clint Frazier for Robbie Ray by himself, that should have been enough for the Diamondbacks. If they want one more prospect with it, fine. It's not like Robbie Ray is some special pitcher. He is a project. He's having a decent year. He's got swing and miss stuff. Great. The Mets. Dude, enough of this narrative with the Mets. They will not trade with the Yankees unless it is a very minor deal, maybe. Hasn't happened since 2004, folks. Let me tell you something. And they also won't trade with them if it's going to be a stud move that puts the Yankees over the top. Getting Marcus Stroman in the first place was a cuck job to the Yankees. Call it what it is. Yeah, absolutely have to love it, folks. But, realistically, if the Mets actually were willing to trade Stroman to the Yankees, which I'm not even sure I believe, but if it was true, do you really think they were going to do it for anything short of a ripoff? Like, that's what it was. So I don't want to hear people say... Oh, the Yankees should have traded Davey Garcia and Esteban Florial for Marcus Stroman. Brian Cashman has not hit on every starting pitcher that he's traded for recently, right? Paxton coming around recently in his last couple starts, but the overall body of work has not been great. Not what you expect. Sonny Gray was not great, even though he's Duke. clearly talented. You see what he's doing in Cincinnati. But with both of those deals, plus you add in the Canley, Frazier, Robertson deal. So those are the three deals in recent memory where they gave up top 100 prospects. So I don't want to hear about him being a prospect hugger because that's certainly not the truth. But in all three of those deals, we gave up guys who were well-regarded top 100 prospects and absolutely none of them have panned out. He is a great, him and his team are great evaluators of talent and you need to trust them. And not only that, but take a look at what's happened since the deadline, folks. Let's take a look. Let's take a look. Well, we've had eight games completed since the deadline. Let me tell you something, folks. We've won every single one of them. We are 8-0. We are the hottest team in baseball. The two, hottest? The two New York teams are the two hottest teams in baseball. That is a beautiful thing. Suck at Houston, although Houston's hot as fuck, too. Yeah. The point of, of this segment is everybody relax. Enjoy what you're watching. This team has the it factor there's no doubt about that when oh, yeah. you watch them you love to see it they have contributions all across the board yes the pitching hasn't been as spectacular as you'd like it to be but let me tell you something once upon a time folks back in the 90s the yankees took down a rotation headed by greg maddox tom glavin and john smoltz this stuff is doable folks and they have guys who maybe haven't shown it all year but they are talented enough to match up with that rotation. Who did the Yanks have that year? I think, I mean, it depends on, on, on the years that we're talking about, but they had guys like, I mean, they had guys like Cohn and Wells and El Duque. I mean, they, yeah, these so, are guys so, pitching so, yeah, well. So, but, so they had good pitchers. But, but the point is, Compared like... to your starting rotation right, right now. Yes. It, it, was, it was better pitching, but the point is, it wasn't Hall of Fame pitching. Like, they're, like they're about to roll out. They're about to roll out three guys who are pitching they're not all hall of famers right now verlander is Granky's maybe borderline and cole still has a long way to go we has got a way to go i think the other two are though but the point is the point of this is the yankees have a lot of talent on that roster and you gotta keep believing i don't want to hear that this rotation can't win the world series this team can win the world series they can do it doesn't mean they will doesn't mean that they're the favorites to do it but they absolutely can folks Enjoy what you're watching. You got Mike Talkman. You got Gio Urshela. You got Aaron Judge. You got DJ LeMahieu, top three MVP candidate, in my opinion. This team can get it done. 
That's all I have to say right now. Yankees trying to win right now. Let me just make sure that it's still intact before I say anything. It is 10-6 right now. Top nine. They're trying to win their ninth straight. Wow. Folks, this team is good. They're for real. They are absolutely for real. And I think the important thing is that I think it's universally understood that they are a World Series caliber team. I think the main thing that people are lingering on is that if they had acquired a solid starter or another solid bullpen piece, that would have made them far and away the top team to win the World Series. Even though they didn't do that, I mean, look what they're doing. Look what they were doing before the All-Star break. Look what they're doing after the All-Star break. It's not like it was a make-it-or-break-it move that they passed up on. And I think it was smart not to make a stupid trade just to get a piece because you want to be the absolute uncomparable top dog in the majors. Right. I think that would be a poor management decision for the long term, especially the asking price that other teams had. Looking for Davy Crockett, Davy Jones, Locker, Garcia. Absolutely got to love him. He's a piece that his arm might fall off because he's a little baby boy, but he could pan out to be a big boy. Clint Frazier, not the kind of guy that you want to give up for pennies. So I think it was a smart move holding, staying pat, not, not taking the bait, if you will, right. for a stupid trade just, you know, just to get some average solid starter. Exactly. You, you weren't going to land Granky. Exactly. And that, and that you, you hit the nail on the head there. I love really nails on heads, folks. You really did, because you. this is the thing, folks. You do not make a deal just to make a deal. You don't pay $50 for something that's worth $10. That's bad business. You can't expect them to do it. They aren't bad business people in the Yankee organization. Another thing is, you mentioned Zach Greinke. The Yankees had no chance at Zach Greinke. This has been known for years. He doesn't want to come here. We're on the no, no trade, trade clause, clause. Baby. He doesn't want to pitch in New York. He doesn't want the bright lights. He doesn't want it, folks. Another guy who might have been the quality of pitcher that we would have liked to get is Psycho Trevor Bauer. Well, a couple things, folks. First of all, if Trevor Bauer, and, and I wanted Trevor Bauer. Talent-wise, I wanted him. How could you not? But two, a couple things. Trevor Bauer ever did that type of thing where he chucked the ball over the 408-foot Which defense. was unbelievable. You unbelievable gotta love throw. that. Unbelievable I, I love it from all aspects that I look at it. But if he, ever, if he did that in Queens, if he did it in the Bronx, he would be crucified for it. The New York Post would be all over him, like be, white on rice. It would be ridiculous. His Twitter presence, it's a weird fit for either New York organization, quite frankly. He's a crazy man. I would have taken him with happiness. No question. But I want to point something out that nobody's really talking about. Point with, it out, Michael. With Psycho T. If you're the Indians. I got a buddy named Psycho T. Shout out to T. Wilcox, T. Wilcox, my boy. Come on. Wilcox, my boy. Hey, boy. So, with Psycho Trevor Bauer, if you're the Indians... You're in the middle of this race. You think that you can beat the Yankees. You think that you can beat the Astros. Well, if you're selling Trevor Bauer for now and the future, are you really trying to ship him to the Bronx? Are you really trying to ship him to Houston? Absolutely not. And the only way that that maybe happens is if they blow whatever offer you know, that Cleveland was receiving out of the water, which it just frankly wasn't possible for a team that's trying to win a World Series. Agreed. We can't give up, you know, you'd have to give up Clint Frazier, which is one, right? Then you have to give up probably another 
player like a Tyro Estrada, and then you have to give up more. You're, 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 this is not a simple deal. Oriel, and you yeah. have to blow that other deal out of the water. I don't even know if the Yankees had the pieces to do it, let alone, I imagine, Mark Shapiro probably was like, you know what, shut the hell up, dude. Shut the hell up, Yanks. Not letting it happen. It is what it is. Yankees didn't make a move. They're rolling, folks. And yes, Houston, better than the Yankees on paper, probably, in a, in a postseason series. When you're rolling out three guys like that, you have to be considered the World Series favorites. But I really think making a team with 75 wins right now an underdog? I'll foolish. Take... Foolhardy. It's foolish. It's foolish. Give them a chance, folks. I think you're going to get this thing done. Come on, boy. Have it your way. Or take, take a big duke. Ladies and gentlemen, now I believe it is time for another word from our beautiful sponsors. Ooh-wee-oo, killer tofu. Ooh-wee-oo, killer tofu. Ladies and gentlemen, it's killer tofu. It's coming in hot. This is a big old hunk of tofu. It's coming in with some guns. It's a killer tofu. What? It's a guns. Oh, guns. It's a killer piece of tofu. It's, got it's a murderous... It's a murderous piece of tofu. This tofu might have more protein than any other piece of tofu we've ever seen. Does it compete with a skinless chicken breast? Folks, I can't say for certain. It might but, kill the chicken, though. But what I do know is that those guns that are blazing on this murderous piece of killer tofu, they might take down that chicken and blow them to smithereens so nobody could have any of the chicken's protein. And you can only have the protein from said killer tofu. Killer tofu. Have it your way. Have it your way. Take a big duke. It's killer tofu. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a killer tofu. Baby, what do you say now? Boy, what do you say now, boy? Gotta take a big dude. Gotta take a big dude. Ladies and gentlemen, gotta take a big dude. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to move on to our very next segment. This is an old time favorite. All the fans from back home loving this one. This one is called October Contenders and Real Big Pretenders. Pretenders. Folks, who is going to be going to the dance in October, and who is going to be taking big old steaming piles of Duke and their pantaloonies and pretending or wishing, hoping that they are in the big dance? Ladies and gents, if we're talking... Let's start in the National League. Okay, let's start in the National League. So right now, let's, let's take a look at... The division leaders. Let's take a look at it, Michael. You have in the NL East the Atlanta Braves leading the division over the Nationals currently by six games. Folks, Phillies eight back, Mets eight and a half. In the Central, the biggest dookie cake of a division out there. You have the Chi Town Cubs, ten games over five hundred, somehow leading a division with that kind of record. Three games up on the Milwaukee Brewers and three and a half games up on the St. Louis Cardinals. And then you have the Dodgers having it their way 
and taking a big old duke on the rest of the division. The NL West is an absolute bloodbath, folks. The Dodgers, the Dodgers are taking big old steaming dukes. You hate to see it for the rest of the division. You really do hate to see it. It is just too easy for the Dodgers. I mean, the Padres in the NL West have been so disappointing. They'll really be touted at the beginning of the year, signing Manny Mach. You thought they were going to do big things. You got Fernando Tati, the titty boy. He's unbelievable. Who is unbelievable. He somehow he... actually might be Pete Alonso for Rookie of the Year. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. But regardless, but he actually has a chance, which is crazy. He has a chance. It's a slim chance. And I'm going to tip my cap to him, and I'll maybe throw him a couple quarters. He's got a real chance. As a panhandler, but I'm not going to give him anything more than that. He's got a real chance. I'm just telling you. Have it your you take a big deal. So, the NL Central, between the Cubbies, the Brewers, and the Cards, I think the Brewers might make a run at it. The Cardinals are kind of stuck in this limbo stage of being a solid team, but never really being able to put together a you know, division winner. They're not like, consistent. Like they were a decade They're ago. They're not consistent. They're not. But out of these three teams... And who are they? Who are the St. Louis Cardinals? Really? But out of these three teams, I, I think you can make a compelling case that the Cardinals are, are maybe the most... I think they're more dangerous than Milwaukee. I really do. Because I think you have a pretty good outside, lineup. Outside of Yelich. Right. Outside of Yelich. Kane's not having a good year. I think with the Cardinals, you have DeYoung and Goldschmidt. Carpenter can get hot. He's been terrible this year. Right. But they're starting to fall off. They're, they, I think right. they, they've only they've, won two of the last ten. But they've kind of been doing that all year, where they go through you know, these peaks and valleys, right? Uh, I, I don't know. Nobody in this division really feels like they're making a run. Quite frankly, nobody in the NL besides the Dodgers really feels like they're making a run right now. But out of these three teams, I, you have to like the Cubs right now. Um, they've been there before. They have a very good lineup. But I really just I don't like anyone in this division. I think they're all big old piles of dudes. I mean, outside of the Dodgers, do you really love anybody in the NL? No, I don't. I really That's think the, the thing, rest there of them, are no other I think the rest of them, there are no real standout teams. Right, because I think the only other team with like a really strong record right now is the Braves. But if you pin the Braves up against the Dodgers, I I just don't see them really having a chance in that type of series. Right. I don't want to say no chance because baseball, anything can happen. Baseball, Susan. But it, but it feels like the Dodgers have a better lineup. It feels like the Dodgers have a better rotation. And it feels like the Dodgers have a better bullpen. Not so, only does it feel like that, I just think that's the case. That is the case. That but is that, the, well, the, the bullpen, though, the bullpen, I think, is their weakest. Yes. The, it, it, it's, it's the weakest part of their team, I think, on doubt. Right. But still, like... You have Joe Kelly and Kenley Jansen. You have potentially moving one of these starters or like a Dustin May and the thing is when you into get, the bullpen. When you like get a, to the big dance, you could throw starters in the pen if you right. want to. You and, know? and that's the thing. They might be able to do that. I think they're set up very well to make October. But everyone in the Central, you know, not to go, not to flip off of the Dodgers quickly, but Damn. everyone in the Central feels like a giant pretender when it comes to October. Right. I think, I don't want to... The Braves, I don't want to write them off because, listen, the Braves could, the Braves feel like a team that could get to the NLCS, and if they do get to the NLCS, you don't want to entirely count them out uh, because I do like their chances against whoever they'd have to play. 
Like, if they're playing any of those teams from the Central to start, yeah. I, I do like their odds there. I, I think they're going to beat a team like the Cubs, potentially. Right. Um, but then I think you look at the wild card teams, and as I alluded to a little bit before, it really feels like you have no idea who's going to get in from, from this group. They're all bunched up. They're all going to go through. In the next two months, like, you know, you see the Mets playing 13 out of 14 right now, but whether you think they're legit or not, they're due for a little regression. You can't, you can't play that way the whole way. Agreed, agreed. But I do think that there is something to be said for this. If the Mets were the ones to emerge from this and get in, I don't think anyone wants to see them in the playoffs because other than the Dodgers, that starting rotation is going to match up with anyone. Right. The Nationals and Mets are similar. I, I mean, they both have those top three guns. Yeah, but the Nationals rotation has not been healthy. Right. Hasn't been out. Scherz, I think, is going to be on the uh, the DL. Yeah, PCIL. He's, PC, he's not getting a start for this weekend weeks, in Queens. Not getting he, a start this weekend in Queens. Right. So, and the Nationals just don't feel like they have it. Their offense doesn't have it. It, it just it doesn't. doesn't feel like they have it. It doesn't. But I will say, they are, if you want to throw the Mets in that bucket of a team that you don't want to see in October, I think the Nationals are probably... If you want to throw someone else in that bucket, they have to be the other team. They are postseason joke artists, folks. I know, but on with with talent, with just looking at talent, it's got to be them because I don't think the Phillies can do much in October. I don't think the Brewers can do much in October. Yeah. I, yeah. These teams just don't feel like they can do much in Again, October. With the Nats, I think it's going to be very dependent on the whether their rotation can stay healthy. Outside of that, their offense is very, very middle of the pack. Yeah. And not a lot of standouts. The team's leading them in runs scored, hits. You're looking at the Angels. You're looking at the A's, the Rangers, D-backs. I mean, these are teams who I don't think you're expecting to make it deep into into October. But, folks, hate yeah. to say it. So, I mean, I, I think we can align on this. It's the Dodgers and everybody else. Right. And we're going to see right. if anyone can dethrone them, but it's going to be sure, interesting. sure as hell doesn't look like it's going to happen this year. Right. Then now the AL is a completely different the story. The AL, I think, it could go in a number of different ways, right? It really is wild the dra- how drastic the difference right. is in elite versus dookie cakes when you're looking at the AL versus right. the NL. Because the AL definitely has like five or six teams that are all really strong, right? So you have, in the AL East, you have the Yankees right now leading the division by 10 games. Double digit. 11 in the loss column. Hate to see it. By the way, I want to give a quick shout-out to the Yankees for sweeping the Boston Red Sox four games. That was huge. Over the weekend. Huge. Suck at Boston. You guys stank this year. 15 and a half back of us. You hate to see it, folks. Hate World to champions. See it. Just had to do a little thing like that because I didn't do it during the public service announcement. Folks. So the Yankees right now running away with the AL East. Then you take a look at the Houston Astros doing the same thing. 10-game lead over Oakland. I love the A's. I love them. The A's are, they're, I mean, they're doing it again. They're they are over. such a gritty team year after year. And that year. lineup is a good lineup. They I mean, Olsen, they since, have Davis, since the big, they have since the big Simeon, Mac, Since the Big Mac era. Chapman. I think they have had a team with big, big names, all-stars right. since then. And to see them, not consistently every year, but for the last decade or so, have some really solid teams. Yeah. Don't make it deep into the postseason. They right. make it to the wild card and they, sh- they shank the bed. But 
the fact that the A's are just this ragtag bunch of little rascals running around, taking big old fashioned dukes, hot making hijinks of the other teams in the league. I- impressive team, but a team that I would consider more of a pretender come October. Just because of the competition, in my right. opinion. You throw them right. in the NL, it's a completely oh, different game. I give them a chance. But because of I wouldn't the... like them against LA. I would like them against any other team no, in the but NL. The fact, the fact, the fact that they're 15 above 500 speaks volumes. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so you have them taking a look. You also then have the Central, which is the tightest division right now. As it stands, tightest division between two. Right, right. but matters because one of them is going to be playing the wild card and the other one is going to get the division that is true and they're going to get the privilege of facing either the yankees or the astros folks you hate to see the first it. round in the five either or you hate to see that and i think that the astro well the astros now that they have the three pitchers i don't know if it's better to face them in five or seven i'd probably rather face them in seven I'd face them in seven um but minnesota and cleveland right now are separated by two games Let's talk about this. Who do you like in that division? So here's the thing. One of them, to me, is a lot scarier than the other come October. I'll let you give your your uh, your thoughts on it first, though. So the thing is, the Twins' offense is full retard. I mean, It's unbelievable. They mash dongs at a rate that I have never seen before. Right. Their offense is an absolute fucking powerhouse. That being said... Do they have the pitching that could sustain against teams like the Astros and the Yankees? Not too sure about that. Those are other offenses that, again, you can have these offensive bloodbath games in the postseason, but in the end, you're going to have to have some solid pitching, whether it be at the beginning of the game or the tail end with your bullpen. Right. And I think the Twins are not going to be able to sustain against other teams like this. Right. The Indians, in my opinion... They fare much better in the postseason like we've seen. That being said, losing a guy like Bauer, that's got to be tough. And if the Indians, God willing, make the postseason, I think they're really going to be looking on back on that deal saying, you know, I really wish we had one other big arm in our rotation. But they might be happy to have Puig and Framil Reyes sitting in the middle of that lineup. Bolstering that offense, absolutely. I mean, I mean thing. You, you, you take you take the lesser of two evils, right? Yeah. You're asking if you're if you're the Indians who are, who are my team in that division who I think end up winning the division and who I think are more dangerous like you do in the postseason. The lineup is better than it's been in some of the years past, at least last year, right? Because you only have two players right. on the team. But I will say that they're relying a lot on Bieber. You know, you're asking Bieber potentially to start a game one, the way he's pitched this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's pitching great. But then you're asking Kluber and Carrasco to potentially come back and throw meaningful innings for you. I, I, I mean, listen, those guys are talented as, as hell. So it could very well happen. And that's what I think separates them is that if, you, if you're the Yankees or the Astros and you have to face them in a five-game series, you might be lined up against Bieber, Kluber, Carrasco. Shout out Carrasco if you could get back for sure. But the three of them against I mean that's a better three than the Yankees have no doubt it's not better than Houston but they're going to keep them in games against Houston if they pitch to their potential so I think Cleveland is an interesting team to me they're probably the third best team in the NL uh, if they can surpass the Twins in the AL sorry but I think it looks like it should come down to Houston 
and Bronx. New York. Yeah. And let's give a big old pretender to Boston. Suck it. Oh, they're a huge pretender. <laughs> Suck it. Huge pretender. Tampa you Bay. It. Before we get to Yankees in Houston, what do you think of Tampa Bay? I think they're a pretender. If you ask me the first two weeks, first three weeks of the uh, baseball season this year, I would say that's definitely realistic. I don't throw a big duty stick on that one. But you look at how they've fared the rest of the season, it just has not been holding up. Granted, that being said, they're they holding... They lost Glass the, Now and they lost Snell. They lost 877 Glass Now. They lost Snelly Boy. And on top of that, look how many games they have to play against the Bronx Bombers this year. I mean, and that... They've gotten crushed by, by the Yankees. And that the Yankees is, have beaten the right, crap out of them. Exactly. As they should because the Yankees are unbelievable. Right. They are just straight up a better team than the Rays. Um, I think the Rays, though, like, I I won't call them a full pretender because I think them in the postseason would be very interesting. It'd be interesting, but I think they like if, if they go up against the Strohs, I think it's an absolute bloodbath. Yeah, they're gonna they're not gonna be beat the Strohs. The Yanks are the only team who can go up against them. But I do think that I do think Tampa Bay would be a, an interesting, fun team to potentially watch play in the postseason. Oh, of course. That's, can, that's the baseball you can say that for so many. Yeah, you can say that for right. so many teams, like the A's. Again, right. that's, a team, that's a team for me. It'd but, be very fun to watch them in the But postseason. Tampa's got a lot of arms in the bullpen where it'd be interesting to watch Cash and company. Not Jacob Cash. Ah, the trash man. Kevin Cash. It'd be interesting to watch him try and mix and match because we haven't seen that in recent seasons. Yeah. But so that we don't go too long with this, let's get to the meat of the AL, which is the series that I think everyone wants to see come October. It's the boys from Houston against the boys from the Bronx. Two years ago, we got a taste of this, folks, and it was a seven-game series. And if we learn one thing from that series, it's the importance of home field that series right I think right now as it stands the Yankees are a few percentage points above Houston but this is going to come down to the end it looks like it is very important I will say this I love the Yankees but if you look at it on no shit if you look at it on paper you gotta give the advantage to Houston it's the rotation it's the rotation that the the Yankees don't have but I really do feel like the Yankees will have a good chance at this thing. I really do feel like the Yankees last year, and I said this on episode number one, I think a lot of people are pointing to the pitching, but a big problem last year was a lack of timely hitting, and the Yankees are the best team in the major leagues this year at timely hitting. So I do really think that that would be an unbelievable series to watch. I think those are the two teams to beat in the AL. I think the Dodgers are the team to beat in the NL. Might we get series? It's either a repeat or well Yankees LA action could be unbelievable. Could be or could it thing. be could it be a shocker special? Could, could it be, be a subway series, folks? Could it be? I would absolutely shit my pants. And folks, in the inaugural season of the Subway Series podcast, Uncle Train would take a duke in his pants. How much would you pay to go to a World Series game if it's Yankees mask? Five hundred dollars. Then you'd have to pay more than that. I would I would pay eight hundred dollars. Well, we have to go. I mean, well, no, we're going. If it we'll be broadcasting live from this area. 100%. It'll be, it'll be a live stream. I also just want to bring this back. When the Mets were 10 games back in the wild card, I believe we said this in the last podcast, but me and Michael made a little bet over a steak dinner. He called me crazy. I said I did. I did. 
I still think he's not. Understandably so. I said if the Mets make the postseason, that wild card is included there, if the Mets make the postseason, then you owe me a steak dinner. Plus an app, plus two drinks. The other side of that bet, if the Mets don't make the postseason, I have to buy the big dog a steak dinner, plus an app. A little teaser. An appetizer. Now, ladies and gentlemen... You gotta love the situation that we're currently in because it's looking like Uncle Trey might actually get this steak dinner plus the teaser plus the two dranky poos. I think at the time the bet was made, Michael should have maybe a little uh, been a little more lenient in terms of the conditions. Not my because fault. Because the agree, chances folks. were so low that Not the Mets would actually agree. make the postseason. Not my fault. You agree. You maybe should have you know taken away the appetizer for your side of the bet I make it the just a steak dinner but a bacon. ladies and gentlemen some people are more stubborn than others and you really I mean, need to see it you gotta folks, suck it folks if we're gonna talk about this what we can actually talk about is that originally the train man was supposed to get a dessert and I didn't want he dessert. agreed he agreed to the dessert and he wanted to switch it to a drink more expensive we confirmed if, if you if you make this bet in Vegas and the and Mets folks, have what a thirty to one folks, odd of making not a postseason, you made something it. like that, it's not ridiculous. My fault. The but fact you should not be you, criticizing me for the terms of the, the bet. Fact when you that, agreed the to. fact that you wouldn't budge and you just knew how you were just taking advantage of a low life Mets fan, <laughs> piece of shit. Listen, schmuck, I gave you a great bet. Sack I gave you a great bet. Dupe, schmuck putts. You hate to see. Look it. at it now. You could not get those odds now. I couldn't get those odds. You now. couldn't get those odds now. Yeah, but okay. Right, you couldn't. But the odds should have been so much sweeter. You're right, you should have put so money much in sweeter Vegas. in my favor. You should have put money in Vegas on it. I think the bet was originally for money, and I think it was going to be like I think it was going to give you like a thousand dollars. No, 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 no. I think I proposed that you would give me two hundred fifty. If they make it, if they don't, I'd give you fifty. To me, much more fair. But Michael had to go with the steak dinner. He steak dinner, baby. Cheat his friend out of this bet. And little... it's a great bet for you now. It's a you great did... bet. Yeah, I wouldn't even give you the bet now. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let's just hope the Mets make the postseason because I want my Peter Luger steak, Porterhouse, baby, plus the app, maybe a little bit of kalma. Hey, what's a gabagool? Maybe I'll get some gabagool. You're not going to get the slab of bacon. I might get the slab of bacon. Big cut bacon is... Apparently it's like candy. So I hear from Matthew Olton. Shout out. Matt, Matt Alton will actually be coming to the steak dinner, paying for his own meal, unfortunately, but he will be coming, and I guarantee he's going to be getting that bacon. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I would love to hit you with a little Tommy Rose Sweet Pea, but unfortunately, we got to go. You hate to see it. You got to love it. Let's go Mets. Yankees could suck a big old-fashioned dookie. Yankees oh. have won nine in a row, folks. You love to see it. Have been undefeated since the trade deadline. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Can the Mets still be alive in a couple weeks? Hopefully not. They're going to have to suck it, the Yankees. You got to love it, folks. And we'll see you in just a couple weeks. Rivadachi, baby. We love you.